We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Friday, everybody. Got through the Labor Day week. Only four days for most of you. If you had to work five, I apologize for spoiling that for you. But this is Setting the Pace, and we are back with another episode. Four episodes this week after we just concluded the Mailbag Podcast. But, Fachi, we got a fun episode today. What are we talking about? That we do. I would say the best rookie that we've seen in our lifetime for the Pacers, it's Benedict Matherin. And we are going to be talking about a couple of goals that we have for Benedict Matherin in his sophomore year. It was a great rookie year, but can he follow it up with an even better, or if not, you know, really promising sophomore year? Yeah, I think Benedict Matherin's a very interesting player. But before we get into our season goals, I just want to let everybody know that we had our setting the pace is our second year of doing it setting the pace fantasy football draft on wednesday night i won't lie i was actually at the gym on the treadmill while i was doing the draft so i wasn't like a thousand percent paying attention but i was pretty into it you know i kind of had an idea of what guys i was targeting at this point Fachi. but 16 team league i think Derek boots i might be completely wrong on the name so i apologize but Derek, i believe won it last year he actually got the first pick in the draft after we did a randomized selection um an hour prior to the draft and so Derek's in there to defend his title i'm in there obviously because i'm the commissioner and we got 14 new players so it's fun to kind of see how it all evolved and i'm sorry to the people that unfortunately did not get a chance to be in the league they messaged me too late or where they didn't respond quick enough and so that's just kind of how it happens it's kind of first come first serve but 16 team team Fachi or 16 team league Fachi I'm a little sad that you still don't want to be a part of it uh can we maybe talk into it next year I don't know if you can here's the thing I've been in so many fantasy leagues that when I'm watching football I have my own players going against each other in different leagues true and someone scores a touchdown I cheer for a second and then I go oh I'm going against that guy in another league 
and then I can't even truly enjoy the games. So I was able to trim down my leagues this year down to two. It's the lowest that I've been in in quite some time. It's pretty impressive. It was like a load off my shoulders, and uh, I'm hoping I get to be able to just root for each game instead of feeling like a player scores. It helps me, but it also hurts me. All right, Fachi. So here's what it is. It's a 16-team league, and I have an interesting setup this year for our positions. I'm, I know people might be bored by this, but it's the first night we're recording this opening night of football, so I figured just get it out of the way. But I've got a quarterback, and then instead of having set running back, set wide receiver, I actually have four spots for running back slash wide receiver, a tight end, a kicker, and then we also threw in a super flex, a.k.a. an offensive player. So you can play a tight end, a running back, a wide receiver, or a second quarterback. So this does make it a little bit more interesting, and I have no defenses involved in this. So we're looking like the 2022-2023 Indiana Pacers here. No defense, all offense, because we are setting the pace, right? So going to be really fun, but here's my team, Fachi. I'm just going to say I thought I drafted a pretty good team. I want to hear your thoughts. My quarterback, my quarterbacks, I should say. Geno Smith's my starter. Jordan Ooh. Love's my backup. All right. We'll see about Jordan Love. But Geno Smith starter? Yeah. Like hey, it? look. Yeah. It's my guy, West Virginia. He was uh, a quarterback while I was at the university, coming off of a really good year. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round. I, I feel that they uh they got a good team around him. Should be good. And he runs too, so that helps. That's one of the reasons why I obviously wanted to I was gonna reach for Anthony Richardson, but it's a it's it's an Indiana sports podcast, you know. We're 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 gonna have people reaching early for Colts guys, right? So he was off the board. Now my receiving core, Fachi, Stephon Diggs, right? Great, Garrett Wilson. Those are my first should, two picks. Should be a very good sophomore year for Garrett Wilson, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Cortland Sutton from Denver. Yep. Hey, right now he's only uh, only game in town with Jerry Judy hurt. Yep, and then Jacoby Myers from uh-huh. the Raiders. Yeah. So that's my that's my four receivers. Now my running backs. I've got Pierce from Houston. Yep, should be a big year for him. I've got Cook from Buffalo. Hey, stepping into the starting role. Gibson from the Redskins, or excuse me, yeah. Washington football team. The Commanders now. They changed yes. the name every yes. two years. Commanders. Yep. I always forget their name. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot hey, what they when were. they change it every two years <laughs> on average, it, that could happen. Yes, and then I picked up Deion Jackson, the Colts running back, because I Taylor's might be forced out. to start him week one. I drafted Jonathan Ooh. Taylor just before the news happened. And I felt I got him late. I got him in the fourth round. This was a couple weeks ago. Felt like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's traded in time. Maybe just the Colts say, you know what? You're our best player. We're going to roll you out there. Instead, I drafted Taylor. He's out for at least the first four weeks. I picked up Deion Jackson. I don't feel great about it, but I might have to start him. I'm expecting some catches out of him. He finished strong last year, you know, with some catches out of the backfield. So we'll I think Deion Jackson's interesting. 16-team league, not bad to take a flyer on someone like that. Not towards bad the end of the draft. And then my last pick was Jeff Wilson Jr., who yeah. is on the on the Dolphins, but he's on IR, and we have yes. an IR available here for the league. So I put him on IR, and I have an open roster spot now. Hopefully able to snag somebody off waiver wires after the first week. But my tight end, Everett from the, from the Chargers, and then yeah. I've got uh, – the, the Chargers kicker as well, uh, Dicker. So always an interesting last name to draft someone that's last name is Dicker. But uh, that is my team for the setting the pace fantasy football league. I think it's a lot better than last year's. And, you know, Pritch Schlapp has to do a lot better than they did last year. Oh, hey, good name. Yeah, I, anything could happen. It is a new year. I mean, expectations should be should be out there. Hey, you guys, you're not just looking to, uh, you know, be in the playing territory. You're looking to go for it all. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to be a tough out. 
as uh, you know, Pritchard would say. <laughs> we, before, we are so. the Pritch lap, so we're we're it's, here to conquer. Exactly. So that'll be great. You know, the fantasy before it's even started, I already have some bad luck. Uh, on the same team that I drafted Jonathan Taylor, I took Cooper Cup, my first pick. Bro. He's out for at least week one, maybe even more. At yeah. tight end, George Kittle, he might not play. I'm all, I already feel like I'm looking at a loss week one. It's just it hasn't even started yet, and I already feel like I'm catching an L. Yeah, I've heard Kittle's a stay away just because he's such a blocker now, and that's what they utilize him for. And they've got McCaffrey, you can do it all. And they got Samuel, they got Ayuk. So I don't know. I like Kittle for a long time, but the last year he did not really produce the numbers that I was hoping for when I had him in one of my leagues. He was he was banged up a couple of years ago. He was really good, almost led the league in uh, in uh, yards. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. I've never had him before. Now, maybe I regret it. Who knows? We'll find out. Week one hasn't even started yet, so I'm going to give him a chance. Man, Sounds we, reasonable. Well, I feel like we've spent enough time talking on so. this Pacers podcast about you know my roster. I apologize. It is kind of related to the podcast. So that's why I decided to do it. But uh, you won't really hear me talking about it much unless I have a great win or a great season. I'll make sure to brag about myself. But um, that's going to be the, the extent of us talking football on this podcast. But before we get into Benedict Matherin, I'm curious. Any interest in playing fantasy basketball, Fiji? No, none. Uh, fantasy basketball, it's every day. It, it's it's one of those where it's just between doing this podcast, working, working out, taking care of a kid, I don't think I can add fantasy basketball to, to the plate. I, I used yeah. to do it back in the day, but, you know, it's just I'm too competitive. If I'm doing anything, I'm really going to be searching the waiver wire, trying to, you know, get the best team out I respect there. It. And, yeah, I don't want to. Put out okay. my uh, not not my best work. Right. So I've never really I've played fantasy basketball before, but I never really stay committed to it. But and I will say this. I will say this. If we've got people that want to play fantasy basketball, maybe we can set up a setting the pace league and we'll do something for the winner. Yeah. Maybe we'll do the same thing for our football league. Whoever wins that, they can come on the show. Uh, maybe we'll hook them up with the prize package or yeah. something like yes. that. I Absolutely. think that's a great idea. And especially for the football season, that will be over before games are over. So maybe we can hook them up with some tickets or something like that. We'll figure something out. But I wanted to say real quick, wasn't me, Fachi. Somebody in our league made a team name after you. Oh. And you probably know him from Twitter, Vince Mapstone. I do not know who that okay, is. Okay, when, when you see the picture, you will remember okay. who it is. His team name is the Fachis. Guess Very interesting. His, guess where okay. his location is? Washington, D.C. Washington Fachis. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. Yeah, sounded uh, pretty predictable. <laughs> but uh, I will appreciate that because a lot of these team names in here aren't related to the Pacers or related to the podcast. So if anybody's listening to this that's in the league, I would encourage you to change your team name to be associated with us or with the Pacers. You've got like Miles Turner or something like that. I think there's a, a Turner, Miles Turner fan is one of the team names. And other than that, yeah, we're looking at Pritchlap, Miles Turner. Oh, Bob Nedelecki, that's one. And then the Washington Fachi. So we've got four out of the 16 that are paying attention to us in the podcast. Hey, so, whatever. You yeah. know, I, I had a friend who his fancy team was called like the Lone Granger. And he had Danny Granger that's on great. the team. Yeah, yeah. So something like that. But hey, whatever you guys want to name it, go for it. It's, it's all it's all fun. And uh, yeah, you'll have to keep me updated on how your team does. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we will actually talk about the Pacers. And like Fachi said, one of the most impressive rookies we've seen in a very long time, Benedict Mather. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I just dominated that first segment, bragging about my team because I'm excited. But we're here to talk about Benedict Matherin, double zero, Fachi. We got three goals each, and unless you cheated once again and had an extra goal. I don't know. No, actually not this time. Surprisingly, I guess. I just had three goals. Wow, I'm I'm kind of impressed. Color me, color me shocked. But we've got uh, Mustache Mike back in the building. Oh, yeah. He lasted Present. past the mailbag. So Didn't think I would. I'm kind of shocked. It's not looking too bad, but uh, you're kind of giving me some Jeff Kent vibes. Jeff Kent? Oh, yeah. baseball? Yeah, wow. Throwback name right there. I was like, okay, yeah. Houston Astros, you know, he had, he had a good run. He was solid. San Francisco uh, I, Giants. Well, also, yeah. Uh, both, I believe. Yeah, um, I just think of it more of a Giants player. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'm thinking more of, uh, I don't know if it was the end of his career or not or when it was. Probably but def- so. Yeah, may- maybe so. Regardless, good player. I guess it could be worse. You know, so I'll take the Jeff Kent, but I figured I was so close to the weekend already. If I get through Friday, we'll see what happens. By then, the rest of my beard should be at a respectable level to the point where I could take the stash down and everything will just blend. I was hoping you kind of shave the beard and no. just keep the mustache. I, I, I don't know if I could do that yet. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm still surprised we still got the stash going, but I'm confident by the next time we record, I don't think it'll be there. Okay. All right. So let's get into Matherin season goals. We've been procrastinating enough. Hit with the first one. All right. First goal be in the Pacers lineup to close games. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Look, you know, I figured I wanted to do something where let's find a goal that might not be, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. Look, that's what I'm going with. Be in the lineup to close games because we're not just hoping for Matherin to be good, we're hoping for him to be potentially great. I mentioned earlier in this episode, he had the greatest Pacers rookie season in, you know, most of our lifetimes. If you're below the age of 40 or so, or, you know, what I, I would say that he, he this was the best rookie season you've seen from a Pacer. So our first all-rookie first-team selection uh, since Rick Smith's in 1989. We know Matherin can score and get to the line at a special rate. Nearly six attempts per game. Alex, I was diving into it. That was more than LeBron, Steph. Kawhi, Paul George, 
Those are some of the best players in the league. Mathurin was getting to the line more times per game than them. However, whether it's a lack of defense, uh, the jump shot not falling, perhaps having tunnel vision, whatever it is, there's various aspects of his game that he still needs to work on heading mm-hmm. into year two. Now, if we want Matherin to one day be that 1A or 1B to Halliburton and the Pacers for years to come, it's crucial that he's able to play team and winning basketball and be in that closing lineup when it matters most Mm -hmm. to show that he didn't just have a really good rookie season in a losing season, but that he could be a potential all-star on a team with winning aspirations. No, I think that's great. I'm going to kind of piggyback off that for my first for my first goal, and that was solidify himself as the starting two three for yep. this Pacers team by outworking everybody in training camp. Look, we've heard Chad Buchanan say that Tyrese and Miles are the only guys who will for sure start. So, come next off season, I mean, I'm hoping we can talk with Chad again. But if we do, I want to hear him say, "Yeah, our only starters going into training camp are Tyrese, Benedict, and Miles." I want to see him earn that spot. And prove to everybody, like, I'm ready for this next step. I'm ready for that leap to be the guy. I don't want to be a guy that, oh, we might not start him because he can't pass the ball. No, I want him to go out there and earn it. So for me personally, I just wanted to take that challenge of like, okay, you're not guaranteed a starting spot. Go out there and take it in training camp and make sure all these other guys on the roster are put on notice that, yeah, you're part of this core moving forward. And as talented as Bruce Brown, Andrew Nimhard, Buddy Heald, Aaron Eastwood, all these guys are, they're not on your level and prove that you can separate yourself from the pack. I was just in Alaska. So pardon the analogy, but prove that you're the lead dog of the dog sled team, you know, don't mush. sit. Yeah. Mush. you right. You know, be the togo, be the balto that everybody talks about, right? Yep. Be that person. Don't be the one in the back. That's a part of the team, but they blend in and nobody knows who they are. Like take the reins, man. Go ahead and just show everybody that you are the guy. I completely agree. Look, there's not a lot of similarities between him and Chris Duarte, but we obviously had those high expectations going into last season of like, okay, is Duarte going to be starting for us? Like, what's going to happen? You know, can't wait to see in year two. And I just so badly don't want to see Matherin regress. And then he's yeah. coming off the bench. And then next thing you know, you start to be like, I don't know, man. I mean, all he can do is is score, but if he's not scoring, he's not helping this team. And then and it's like, no, I want him to be able to a be that like you're you're cemented in that starting lineup. You're finishing games, and all your production is going towards winning, mm-hmm. and not just like filling the box score. So I really do want him to hold on to that starting job that he got for the last remaining you know ten games or so last year, and never give it up. The hope yeah. is that he is next to Tyrese Halliburton, whether it's at the two or the three spot, for years to come and not just a little bit of wishy-washiness and kind of, you know, an undefined role. So well, I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with what I had and you had. Yeah, and I think bringing up Chris Duarte is an interesting thing because Chris Duarte had a great rookie season. Oh, yeah. But he had dealt with a lot of injuries, and then he injured himself to end the season, and then he never really recovered from that. Like, even in the offseason, like, he was still battling with that injury. And so yep. I think – we saw him in summer league two years ago and he looked pretty good. And we're like, okay, one game of him and that's enough. But then he continued to kind of have that injury problem throughout his career. So being a little bit older, having more injuries, I don't think that's going to be a problem for Matherin when you compare the two in terms of like their sophomore season and Chris Duarte, most of his ability was shooting the basketball and he went through a slump there for quite a bit of time. So 
I don't necessarily think that Matherin's game is predicated on how well he shoots, but it's really predicated on how he does so many other things well. So uh, before I spoil any of my next goals, I'm curious, what's your second goal? Well, the, the, we're bound to have a similar goal. On I'm it, sure there's one. That's why you, I try to avoid it. You, you mentioned about shooting. Yeah. Shooting is going to be extremely important. And I tried to put a number with it. I said, could he shoot 36% or better from three point land? Yeah. Now, the reason why I picked 36 is because it feels like in years past, 35% had been about league average. So I wanted to be like, okay, could he be above league average from three? Well, to break it down, Matherin shot 32% from three last year. But for someone who's extremely confident, it felt like at times he lacked his confidence in his three-point shot after a bit of a cold streak. Mm-hmm. Matherin shot, he actually shot 38% from three in his two seasons at Arizona, one of which was a 41% mark from three his freshman year. And then about 37% uh, his sophomore year on just over six attempts. So the volume is there. But to take it one step further, Matherin shot 41% from three through the month of November. But then things went pretty cold. Alex, he actually shot 26% from three from December through the rest of the season. It was bad. It was bad. It was 26%. As his shot didn't fall. His confidence fell. Mm -hmm. And the number of three-point attempts per game. Now, I broke it down. October, 6.1 attempts per game. November, 5.4. December, 4.1. January, 3.4. February, 3.2. March, 2.8. Wow. April, 2.3. It just felt like... His confidence was not there from three-point land, and it amounted to less and less and less attempts. And we kind of felt like maybe he was just – it led to him driving too much, not trusting his shot enough. And then we hoped to see it a little bit more in Summer League. It was just two games. We didn't see what we wanted to from three-point land there, but I'm confident that we will see an improvement this year. I think he will make the defense respect his three-point shot more, I hope, to 36 percent but when i actually looked it up alex the league average is now over 36 percent interesting so it's 35 percent is now below average in the league i'm i'm saying could you be at 36 yeah that's a great point i'm glad you brought up all that information because i i knew we both would say shooting or we would yeah. want to say that and i was like i feel like Fachi's going to say this so i'm going to leave it off my list because i know we're going to talk about it and i'm glad that i left it to you because giving all those three-point attempts per month is very telling of the confidence. And it talks about how the mental game is just as important as the, you know, actual skill. So when you're in your head like that, it's tough. And I mean, I would feel the same way. I mean, that's a long time, like four or five months of shooting the ball that poorly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a sign of like, okay, I can't do that. So I'm just going to go to the basket. I think he actually had a big three against the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was the Bulls. I thought he had like a game winner. That was like a go-ahead three. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. It was in the left was, corner, like the I left know. wing corner. I was, it was like either the Hawks or the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those two teams. I just remember them being red. It's kind of a blur. And I think it was the Hawks, but I might be wrong. But regardless, it was like okay, you know, Matherin had that little moment. It was right when Tyrese had got hurt, so we hadn't won a whole lot of games, and we finally won one. But yeah, I just think Matherin, if he can really knock down his three-point shot, it's just going to open up so much more for him with his total game because what he does best is drive Fachi. 
And that is one of the things I want to talk about for my second goal. It's like, we know this guy drives to the basketball and with a three point shooting, we know that he's a pretty good free throw shooter. He shot 83% last year. So it's like, that's pretty good numbers. And that means that he's got a good stroke. So if he can just extend that range, you know, he's going to be a better three point shooter or just be more consistent. But I said, I want to see that free throw percentage actually increase, which is quite a interesting thing to ask because I was thinking before I looked at it, I was like, he's probably like high seventies, low eighties. Like I'm sure that's what he shot last year. And then I was like 83%. Okay. Better than I anticipated and better than I remembered because I felt like he would always leave one short when mm-hmm. I remember watching him hit some or take some free throws. But this is a guy that I think should be in the 87, 88 range. I think if he's going to be as effective as he wants to be by drawing those fouls, he needs to be able to be more of a consistent free throw shooter and shoot a higher percentage. I'm not saying that 83 is a bad percent at all. It's pretty, pretty good actually. But I think if he wants to take that next step to be a really good player or even a great player, make them pay from the free throw line. Because if you can just make them foul you left and right and knock down free throws, I mean, you're getting your two points one way or the other. So the three point shot. Yeah. I want to see it there too, Foch, but I also want to see an improved free throw percentage because I think that it's only going to help open his game. I completely agree because look, it's a special trait that he has his ability to get to the line. It's at a rate where I looked at, he was 25th in the league in free throws per game. The guys above him were stars. Star mm-hmm. players. So it feels like if he can, you know, continue to get better, which we all expect. I mean, this was just his rookie year. He'll be able to get to the free throw line at a higher rate, you know, per game. And just if you can improve. And, and we're not asking. I know you mentioned 87, 88. I think that's very reasonable to to ask for. We're not asking for 90, 92. That's like Steph Curry-like and very few guys shoot in the 90s. But I do think that he can improve upon that. And I think that that will pay off. I mean, maybe it ends up being... You know, not even one more point per game, but you never know the situation that you might be in mm-hmm. where you really could use one more made free throw. So I think that that's a good goal to to set for him, and I think it's very obtainable. Yeah, and it's like I was trying to like find different ways to like pick at his game a little bit and see what what I think he could improve upon. And I was kind of disappointed that his free throw percentage wasn't lower because I felt like oh, that's kind of a stupid thing to bring up. But at this point, like I thought he was a decent rebounder. For his position, he could be 4. better. Four point one or so, I think. It but was. that's not bad. For it's not. It's not what he wants to be. And I've I no. don't know what you're going to talk about playmaking wise. So I'm curious if you're going to bring that up or not. But we know that that's kind of been an open thing that they've talked about as they want him to be a better playmaker. But at the end of the day, if I don't, I haven't seen him do that yet. So I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, he's got to average five assists a game. Like that's just not going to be him. But I think it could improve. Am I still in your point? No. Is that one of your not. next ones? Okay, nope. So left it out. So um, we don't really need to talk about that because I think it's been implied for all yes. offseason long by the front office, the coaching staff, and what happened it in has. summer league. So no need to overkill that. But if you can improve in that area, like, yeah, it's going to help him. But I just think doing what he does well and expanding upon it is the best way to make season goals for him. Completely agree. The one thing that I will touch on on what you mentioned about the playmaking, that second summer league game, he had six assists. Yeah. It looked so forced. Mm-hmm. It looked like they told him, get your teammates involved. And it really felt like he was really going out of his way. And it's like, okay, we don't need Matherin to turn into like a five assist guy. Like we have Halliburton, we have Nemhard, we have McConnell, we have even Bruce Brown that can make plays for us. Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker. Ex- Jarris Walker was out there getting five assists at the <laughs> time. So it, it, we definitely don't need Matherin to do that. Like, 
Could you average more than one assist per game? Yeah, great. But it's more of a situational-based thing of just, hey, take a look in the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and get someone involved instead of just, you know, if you have a two-on-one, pass it, you know, things like that. But for my uh, my next, my last point, four quarters of high-energy defense on a nightly basis. Look, we can't say, you know what, my goal for Benedict Mather is make an all-defensive team. No, we can't say that. We can't say be the top defender on the team. Nope, we already got Miles Turner and Bruce Brown and, you know, other guys that, that are going to be, you know, active and everything. I think that he's an extremely gifted offensive player that has a long way to go defensively. So let's just break it down. And what can we ask for? Is Hey, could you give us four quarters of high effort? On the defensive side of things, no plays off. Don't you know? Don't be late switching. Don't don't uh you know be aware on everything. We've seen backdoor cuts where he's just like two seconds behind and kind of like looking late, and it's just like an easy layup. Uh, this year, it's all about the Pacers buying into defense. Mm-hmm. Then that's what they're doing. Higher defensive effort. That growth is going to come internally. If Matherin is unable to do that consistently. There are now the guys on the roster to take minutes away from him or close games without him. Yeah. Matherin said he wants to be a really good two-way player in this league. Well, it starts with at least being a very capable defender this year if the Pacers want to reach their potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because that was the thing that I wanted to touch on too last. Like we we obviously wanted to talk about it, but one thing I've talked about at nauseum, and I know that I didn't want to bring up playmaking because we've already talked about it, but this is something I felt like I needed to bring up to be a little bit different yeah. is be specific with the defense. So I feel like he struggled all season long, and even in the summer league, Sampachi, with screen navigation. Yep. So for those of you that don't know what screen navigating is, it's basically if I'm playing defense on Fachi and Gortot comes with a set of pick on me, I need to be ready to anticipate that and fight through that screen and not be slow to react and then allow a switch to happen. So a lot of the times here, you'll see Matherin just be a step slow. And it's like, he's always a step behind what's actually happening on the play. And then he's trying to recover. He needs to be one step ahead where Demontis Sabonis, you know, we talked about him a lot as a poor defender, but he was very smart. So he knew how to position himself a lot of times to have the right Footworked to get where he needed to go. He just wasn't quick and he couldn't block shots and doesn't really have a vertical. So, like Sabonis just wasn't a like an athletic enough player to be a, a like you said a capable defender or serviceable defender. But Matherin has all the tools to be that. It's just is he going to put in the work to do that? So you'd see sometimes even on a switch he'd be like ball watching and get beat back door, or he would just be late on a rotation for a pick and roll type situation. So it's like, he just has to be smarter about putting himself in the right position when he's playing defense. And it's like, you're going to have slip ups, but I think if he can do these things, Fachi, if he can communicate better, if he mm-hmm. can anticipate what the opponent is about to do and fully buy into this uh, scheme, I can see him being a serviceable defender. And like you mentioned, I think that's going to be what's able to keep him in at the end of games. If that's what he wants it's to be, he's going to, have to earn it so it's like i'm not saying that you have to play him because he might not be your best defender and you need a lockdown defensive guy for possession maybe take him out but if it's a back and forth game you don't want him to be such a liability where they're just pick and rolling him to death and he constantly gets chewed out you know chewed up they're going to take him out which means he's going to have less opportunities to show why he's a special player so it's just about a, a will to be great 
And I think he has that. Chad Buchanan said that on the Summer League halftime conversation that they had with him, or it was like during the game they had a conversation. He's the only guy that really has that personality to want that great, like not the only personality to have the greatness, but yeah. the dog in him exactly. to be super great. So that to me is like why I like Matherin so much. He's such a fun player to root for because you feel like you see all this potential. You see the love of the game, the love to be great, and it's there, but it's the minute things that's going to make him better if he just really hones in on being a lockdown defender or, like you said, a capable defender. Capable defender. I just feel like maybe one day, maybe one day he could grow into a lockdown defender. But for yeah. now, I want to set realistic expectations. Could you just be a high-energy, capable defender who communicates well? I felt like in summer league we saw him first quarter buying a defense re real hard. And then maybe, I don't know if he got tired or if he kind of didn't want to, I don't want to say didn't want to do it anymore, but it was more of like, all right, well, let me go back to like what I do best. And I just feel like we're like, all right, well, that didn't last long enough. And that was summer league. Yeah. So once, once, once the, you know, these are real games against real NBA talent. And if the Pacers are getting down, I mean, there are some guys on the bench, Andrew Nemhard, Aaron Neesmith, who can bring in better defensive capabilities and I just feel like we want to give Matherin every opportunity to thrive and develop into, you know, one of those top guys on the Pacers. You could only be a top guy on on a, a team that's trying to win if you're playing both sides of the ball. Let, let's be honest here, Fashi. If anybody listening to this podcast has ever played basketball, who likes playing defense? I mean, really, unless you're blocking yeah. shots, it is not that fun to play defense. You want to exert all this energy running around chasing a guy for 24 seconds. And then, you know, maybe that guy doesn't even touch the ball in the possession. You're like, I just chased this guy around four picks and I went through all this navigating of screens and all this stuff. And now the guy doesn't even touch the ball. I was basically just being ran around like a decoy for this guy to make somebody else have a better offensive shot. And there's guys that love it that aren't as good offensively, right? So you're talking about. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. So. Oh, I loved playing defense doing that. But the reason why I I've seen your shot defense is because I couldn't really score too well. Yeah, yeah. So I had to do that. Like I'm like, a, and everybody, the, the easy thing to say when your offensive game isn't that great is, I'm like a Pat Beverly. It's like it's like like a shifting <laughs> it over to say like I'm going to be super pesky. I'm going to dive, box out that stuff because I'm not going to give right. you you know the, the ten to twenty points on the other end of the ball. So if I ain't doing this well. I'm not playing. So yeah. for Matherin, he, he could score at a really good rate yep. where he's been able to get by by saying, I'll give you 20. You know? Yeah. So what, what's the problem? Now yeah. things got to change a little bit. I might give up 24, but I'll get you 20. You know? Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. It's just not fun. Like you see a lot of great defenders in the league. Not very often are they two way guys. Sometimes they are like Paul George is a lockdown defender. And that's yeah. a lot of energy. Drew Holiday, like I wouldn't say he's a great offensive player, but there's been times where he's been able to put, you know, the ball. Oh, in the hoop. He's good enough. So yeah. He's a very capable offensive player. So, you know, I, I just think that it's funny. Like two-way guys are different, but like your specialists, like your uh Bruce Bowens, your guys like that that are just like you said, uh Pat Beverly, which I think he's gotten better as a shooter, but guys that are just more known for their defense, like they just love that kind of stuff. But when I played, I, you know, I could rebound the ball okay and I had good timing so I could block shots even though my vertical wasn't great just cuz I knew how to position myself and time shots that were coming at me uh down low. That's what I did. I mean, I wasn't this offensive juggernaut kind of guy, but 
I could hit your, I could hit a little baby hook. I could, because uh, oh, I was oh, the big guy when oh. I played at my school. Oh yeah, I mean you're like well, what six, six two or six, you know, six three, like that, six so. three, six three. Right, about two hundred and thirty five, two forty pounds in in uh, high school, and I went to a very small Christian school. So I'm just gonna be honest. We didn't have a lot of like big guys playing in the league, but you know we had guys that could jump still, you know, and stuff like that. But okay. it was fine. I mean, I had a good time with even in pickup ball when I played with guys that. We're not at my Christian school, just playing different leagues. Like I was more of like a, a big that set screens and popped. And that's what was fun. Like defense. I was like, let's switch on this. Let's switch on that. I was the switch on everything. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to stand here and just switch and call out stuff. I was real vocal on defense because I was letting people know what's happening. Cause I knew I couldn't be that quick. <laughs> so like I said, defense is a very challenging part of the game and it's not as rewarding as offenses and offense. Offense, you're going to get highlights for. You know, Miles Turner has great blocks that get on Sports Center, maybe, or on like an NBA top 10 highlights. But if you think Miles Turner goes out there and, you know, locks up, let's just say he gets switched on to Luca and he locks him up for one possession and Luca misses a shot, like you're not going to see that on Sports Center. So it's yeah. one of those things where, like, scoring a basket over that, though, that Luca scoring a fadeaway jumper on that to win a game, that's going to be on Sports Center. I mean, that's why people don't even want to contest and jump for you know to block dunks anymore yeah. because if you block it maybe maybe you end up on sports center if they dunk on you you definitely end <laughs> up on sports center so that's how it goes um but also there is no way for us to ever talk about our basketball game and, and sound like we're not going to get laughed out of the building by whoever's listening right now because <laughs> because we're like talking about like, yeah you know Matherin's got to improve on defense, and he's one of this amazing score <laughs> over here. But that's how it goes. Look, it, it's um, we're talking about different levels of basketball. Exa- we're not talking exa- about absolutely. If we were absolutely. professionals, we wouldn't be doing a podcast like this, yes, right? But so. we, guys, we also know if we stepped on the court right now, there is a zero percent chance that we're scoring against anybody or stopping anymore. <laughs> we get that, but like you said, different levels to it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm just saying from my perspective, like when I play, like this is what I like. This is what I was good at when I played against people that were my level. And, and, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to sit here and brag about myself. I'm not saying anything good about myself. I'm just saying it's what I was good at. But regardless, I think that what we're trying to get across here is if Benedict Matherin wants to be a top 15, top 20 player, top 25 player in the NBA, He's going to have to take those steps, and it's not going to happen this year. He's not going to be a top 25 guy. Probably he's not even top 50 right now. He's going to have to yeah, earn his way say, Not top 50 yet. We, we, no. we hope. We want to. I think he can get there. But yeah. the, the league is ridiculously talented right now. I mean, I think last year there was something like, like 30 guys were averaging over 20 points per game, yeah. and that doesn't even include guys that are also really good defenders that – are still ahead of him, you know, on averaging less points per game, but they're maybe more complete players. Mm-hmm. I totally get that, man. So with that being said, we've kind of concluded all of our things on Matherin. I think that we're both really excited to see what his sophomore season can be like. And to wrap it up, I would say, I just hope he doesn't have a sophomore slump. Let's have too. an awesome sophomore year and just go out there and show everybody what makes you special. But Fachi, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Setting the Pace. And Alex, 
Tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find our video content there. The first two parts of the mailbag are available on there. Part three will be uploaded later this week. Didn't have time to get it up on Wednesday night. But with that being said, if you're excited to see Benedict Matherin have a spectacular sophomore season, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.